Heads up, friends. The unofficial Shopify podcast is made by indie entrepreneurs for indie entrepreneurs and may contain material not suitable for all audiences, like swearing or economics. Listener discretion is advised. Customer order updates got you freaking? How about your customer? Let's check in with them. Where is my order? I expect a response in 20 minutes, or I'll leave a one-star review everywhere, including your mom's house. Yikes. What if customers could find their own orders with Ventoff Order Lookup, the Shopify app that makes order tracking a breeze? With Ventoff Order Lookup, customers quickly and easily search for their own orders in your store with their email address or their order number. No more wasting time and losing your sanity trying to track down orders for customers. Try Ventoff Order Lookup today and get your order tracking under control. Just search Order Lookup in the App Store to start your free trial. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. You know what? My order was at the front door the whole time. Five stars. Ah, Twitter. That strange corner of the internet where retweets are the currency that we care about and and follow somehow determine your social status. I don't know if that's legitimate or right, but I know I, I enjoy Twitter. I know I've spent too much time on it. I know I've spent years of my life wasted with Twitter, but I'm not sure I got anything out of it. Did I monetize my audience? Did I get income from it? Or did I just tickle my brain and get some dopamine because someone likes something stupid I said two years ago. Like, what? why am I doing this? Where's the value in Twitter? And more importantly, I'm doing this for business. Is Twitter valuable for business? Can I, can I in some way monetize Twitter? And with our new overlord Elon, is Twitter still relevant, right? I don't know, but I suspect maybe I'm doing Twitter wrong because I've got a, a guest here, a gentleman, uh, J.K. Molina, who he's really done very well with Twitter. Uh, he had he, he's a founder. He's got a, a successful exit uh, from his his uh, brand Tweet Hunter. And on this show, if you want to grow your Twitter audience, quit listening. That's not what we're talking about today. If you want to monetize your Twitter audience, I'm told that's what we're going to discuss today. And with that, okay, fine. Uh, we are discussing personal branding here. We are, we, we're going to talk about building a personal brand, marketing it, um, promoting with Twitter, monetizing Twitter. That is today's topic. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Check nasty. And this is the unofficial Shopify podcast. JK Molina, welcome. Thank you for having me, bro. What? All right. Currently, what do you do? I just, well, I just sold Tweet Hunter, which uh, was one of the reasons why I'm here. But right now I'm just coaching people on how to monetize, not grow uh, their Twitter audience. And I had a few e-com guys. I thought maybe the things that they've been teaching me, I think they're pretty interesting on how they use Twitter. So I think that might be valuable for the people listening. We can just talk about Shopify. We can talk about e-com guys on Twitter in general. Okay. So uh, what, what did Tweet Hunter do? So Tweet Hunter was a tweet scheduler. Essentially, it was a software as a, as a, as a um, what? software as a service. It's a SaaS, right? And uh, it just helped you schedule your tweets and kind of grow your audience. That's what I did for the longest time. And I just promoted it with a couple of friends that they were in France, which is built the, the thing. But um, 
recently we had a pretty good offer when it came to just just exiting given that you know like you said the elon overlord thing is kind of it's kind of not stable you know so uh, when it came to the decision we sold it sold it for 1.4 mil and now like they stayed at the company my co-founders and now i'm just doing my own thing coaching people man 1.4 million exit off a off a tool that is adjacent to twitter that's pretty good the funny thing is the response wasn't good when it when we launched it everybody said it was too low and i agree to to an extent but um i appreciate you saying that anyway oh that the the exit price was too low that everybody's gonna say that to tear you down after you've been handed a million dollars oh you you won the lottery but you only got a milli Oh, oh, that. Why don't you hold out for more, please? Right. You, you ever, you ever watch the Olympics and when the like the ice skater falls, everybody's like, "Oh, what an idiot!" They're like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." It's I like, all right, you go do a triple axel." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go to the Olympics, dude. Like, try it, right? And I'm not saying at the same skill level as the Olympians, but you know what was funny about it? A lot of the e-com guys that I know, they're like, they're like big hitters, right? I'm really fortunate to have met with them. Nobody who makes more money than me dissed me. It was only people who were like who made less, and the people who yeah, made more money, exactly. they were they were all like, "Dude, like, congratulations!" Like, that's something. I don't know. I was like really harsh on myself in the beginning, but when these guys actually said, "You know what? I mean, you're 22. You're you're getting at it. You'll be fine, right?" So that was actually very encouraging. Twenty-two. Yeah. Man, you lucked out. You lucked out. I didn't. At twenty-two, I was like, I have a hundred dollars. And I'm gonna try to sell some stickers on eBay like that. And I was like, I'm gonna make it. How did that go? Uh, you know, I sold some stickers, but you know, I think uh, if I made a thousand dollars, that I'd probably be exaggerating, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> eBay was my introduction to e-commerce 20 years ago. I mean, you gotta oh. start somewhere, right? I think. Yeah. It, uh, I saw a tweet the other day that said, "Did everybody also fail at drop shipping as their first business?" And I think like that's kind of a rite of passage in online business. You need to fail at dop-shipping or or do well. And maybe the guys listening did well. But I tried it. That's that kind of my, my intro. That was my first real e-com job. I worked for an, an automotive parts, an aftermarket automotive dropshipper. And I didn't appreciate at the time like how fortuitous that was. Um, and that I, you know, I parlayed a little bit of eBay experience into that automotive dropshipping job in e-commerce. And then from there, uh, roundabout and then ended up with Shopify like exclusively um about 10 years ago and so that's like that really there's a lot of value in that drop shipping and like i've dissed on drop shippers i've celebrated drop shippers it, it's just a, it's just a business model like you can't make you know a judgment on it it's just an accessible business model that i think we all got a little over enamored with for a few years oh see like that's where you're that's where you school me because for me, I was like, Shopify selling was going to equal dropshipping. Like in my head, that's how little I know about e-com, right? I know e-com brand building for owners, not the actual running of the business. Oh, no, yeah. I like uh, the stuff where like, people make their own stuff, um, you know, design your own product, manufacture. Like the stuff, the Kickstarter, Indiegogo type brands. Like, what do you do after that campaign? And well, the answer is, well, you go sell it yourself on Shopify. Um, okay, so... You did the, you worked with Tweet Hunter, you exited this thing, you're like 22, trying to, you can't get your wallet closed because there's too much money in it. I hate when that happens to me. Um, and you've also, so you got this experience working, helping people monetize Twitter, helping uh, e-com guys, among others, promote uh, their brands through Twitter. And it sounds like their personal brand. 
Uh, so, all right. It sounds like we're going to talk about, as our base, a little bit of, of brand building. I want to know, let's start with the inverse. What's the wrong way to build a brand? Like, uh, how are people good. screwing this up today? Yeah, that's a good one. And when you think, I, I saw a tweet th this, uh, this morning, most people are building a following, not a brand. And I thought that was that was spot on by Dakota, Dakota Robertson. And the wrong way to build a brand is by talking about things that are not you. So at some point you need to be selfish uh, because let's talk about different things. I'm not talking brand like shirts and mugs. I'm talking like you, the personal brand, because it is a personal brand. You're expected to talk about you. So if somebody wants to get into the online audience building game, a big mistake they make is they start talking about everything that's not them. Okay, so I'll give you an example. Let's say you're an e-com store owner. You could write a thread on 10 tools to run your store, right? And it's like this tool, this tool, and this tool. And that might go viral, right? That might do well. Yeah, the algorithm loves those tech stack tweets. Like, oh, dude. That always the... annoys me. I was making fun of those. I rarely make fun of stuff on Twitter. But that one, I was like, all right, enough with the tech stack tweets. And I tweeted like, this computer server that's in a pile in my basement was like, here's my tech stack. Yeah, it's a... Uh... The, it's, it's that, and then there's the book stack, right? And the guys that just mm. share my 10 books that'll 10x my life. And then there's my Google Chrome extension stack. Like, like it's relevant, right? I've seen the same thing applied to podcasts. It's just, the, I think the human brain and the algorithm together love listicles, and it's easy to mistake that for some modicum of success. But, like, what's the outcome there? Yeah, it's Likes like, and retweets? What does yeah. that get me? It's like, it's like buying notebooks or buying courses. It's like the illusion of productivity. Or like buying books. Oh, oh dude, that's a big one, right? Like everybody buys books. But how, how many people like read the books? And I, I'm guilty of it. Like I think I yeah, buy... Yeah, well, I do it. I do it. Yeah, like, I, I buy books like 20x at the speed of that I read them. Like just, just being honest, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, back to audience building. So people buy, uh, start building the account of things they haven't done. And... They, let's say the, that goes viral, you feel well, right? It feels good. But then how much money do you make? And who did it introduce you to? Because Twitter is more of a networking platform than a social media. So when a big, big heavy hitter looks in your profile, let's say it's this millionaire, this centi-millionaire, he looks in your profile. I mean, what are you going to show him? Are you going to show him a listicle of 10 tech stack tools? Are you going to show him 10 books that'll 10x your life by Jeff Bezos? Or are you going to show him something that you did, right? It might not even be big, but let's get into like the brain of like the big, big, like heavy hitters, the whales. You know, the higher up you go, the less impressive the money and the less impressive your achievements are. So what impresses people at the highest level? It's actually humility. It's effort. It's you being open to other ideas. So if a heavy hitter comes in, just because you haven't accomplished much, that doesn't mean they won't like you because that's not the currency they use. The currency they use for respect is effort. It's you being upfront and you being honest about the things you have done, right? So the right way to build an audience is talking about things that you have done. No matter how small, no matter how insignificant you think it might be, you're still ahead of other people in your journey, right? Like you said, there's some people who haven't even known <clears throat> anything about eBay stickers, Right. So at 22, you might say like, oh, yeah, I didn't know anything. Well, you made a dollar online selling eBay stickers more than a dollar. There's people who haven't done anything. 
right? So for them, it's incredibly valuable and they'll pay to learn what you have. So there's like this fallacy that you need to talk in absolutes and you need to know everything before you start building an audience. No, you just need to know a little bit more than people you're teaching it to. And there's a lot of them in the internet. So if I'm the... Yeah, you're right. If I know 10%, then the person I'm talking to, I'm the expert. So like domain authority, domain expertise authority, it's relative to who you're talking to. And I think acknowledging it and owning that is powerful. And I know like when I'm looking for people to listen to, you know, you got to be careful about like what, where you are getting info because it has an impact and an influence on you. I value the people who I think this is your, what you're saying here is you got to be open, honest, authentic as you're discussing you and building in public. And the hallmark of that for me is the people who go like, who could say, I don't know. I'm curious about this. And here's where I screwed up trying to figure something out. And the biggest one out of everything you said, it's not saying what works, but saying what worked for me. Let's say like infinitely more respect, the respect you gain. Like you could have said when you build the the eBay stickers, right? Arguably not the biggest business in the world, but somebody could have said at that point, hey, here's how you build a an e-com store, right? Here's how you build an eBay business. You haven't built a business, but what you can say is, here's how you get your first eBay sale by stickers, right? That's just being honest. You did that. And we get like kind of caught up in the likes and engagement porn. And you can see how the more people get into the online business game, like the more tempted they are to speak in absolutes. Instead of saying, hey, you could try this. Hey, I did this. They start saying stuff like, you should do this. The way I did it is the only way. And that's where you fuck up. Because then you repel the people. Yeah, the one that people. drives me nuts is it'll be like, you're not a real brand unless you do X. And you're like, who... Who are you? Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, and I, wait, all brands are the same now? It's it's those absolutes where I'm like, I'm sorry, that's just not how the world works. It's not black and white. Pretty much everything's on a spectrum here. That's right. That's right. Like um, the way I like to explain it is like a light. There's like two types of light switches. There's the on and off light switches, and then there's a gradient light switches, right? So when it comes to audience building, people talk about in the on, on and off light switches this is how it is you need to you have to instead of the gradient light switches which is you could i recommend i try this it's what worked for me you can try it for yourself the second one is slower it attracts less people but it's also better quality people so that's the one i vote for which is just being honest about hey guys i'm figuring it out as i go i'm not a god right let's just let's just do it together right this is what worked for me you can try it and then the cool thing for that it's nobody can give you shit because they can't say hey bro that doesn't work <laughs> i didn't say it did i said it worked for me so that, I'm, I'm big on that just being honest about what you can and cannot do 1002 resolutions are hard try something easy instead like growing your shopify store with one click upsell Zipify one-click upsell, aka Zipify OCU, can increase your Shopify revenue 10 to 15% overnight 
One click upsell has made its users an extra 393 million in sales. It's no wonder it's trusted by over 12,000 Shopify merchants. One click upsell helps boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross sells. It only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To make this an even happier new year, go to zipify.com slash Kurt and start your 30-day free trial at zipify.com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. I, Kyle, it's refreshing to hear because there are days where I'm like, wow, Twitter's really valuable. And there are days where I'm like, I am going to unfollow everyone and just like block this thing at my router. <laughs> Like, I'm not dealing with this nonsense anymore. You guys are too much. I have 1,500 people blocked and 1,100 people muted. It's <laughs> awesome. I like, I like, my list of muted keywords is extensive. Uh, just to, and like, once I started doing that, I was like, wow, this is way more tolerable. <laughs> like, oh, I no longer have to get like roped into a discussion about ivermectin because I muted that crap. Good. That's good. And so, what do e com dudes do on, on Twitter, right? When you get into the the twitter sphere there's like the drama and politics twitter and then there's like the let's make some money together twitter i'm speaking to that end of the spectrum now you're gonna see like two spaces of ecom guys there's ecom guys that actually run brands and stores and then there's others who sell services to those stores those are the ones you don't want to like mess around with you want to see like the actual DTC guys and the cool thing about those, they, see, they just share the strategies. Like I was talking to you about um, the Kill Crew guys. So Colty and Marco. And these guys like kind of started on Twitter. Like they're very well known and respected in Twitter sphere. They built an, I think it's an eight crossing into nine figure brand, Kill Crew. And like Logan Paul uses it. And a lot of the UFC guys use it. It's like fighting. The other day I interviewed this guy, Kyle Hunt. It's always the guys with like, one or two followers and like a dog profile picture, those are the millionaires. It's just, you just <laughs> missed them. <laughs> they got nothing to prove. Yeah, it's like they don't, they don't give a shit, right? Which to me is wild. If you're an e-com store owner, Twitter's not going to be a place where you promote your brand and you get sales from it. That's just, I think that's what TikTok and Instagram is for or YouTube, right? Twitter is a place where you connect with other heavy hitters in your space, which is valuable just not the same kind of value because it's just going to be more entire value in the short term like sales it's going to be more entire value in the long term of the people you meet the other day this dude eight figure um agency eight figure ddc brand I, I don't know if you guys know family gifts and co something like that it's like this this uh this wooden like sign thing anyway eight figure brand oh oh my yeah. gosh i know who you're talking about i i really like him and i can't remember his name now <laughs> it's kyle yeah, anyway, but uh, so, yeah, it's like a eight-figure brand, eight-figure agency invested in six DDC brands. Guess his follower count. It's 200. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I know dogs with more followers on Instagram, right? You know, the people create accounts for their dogs. Anyway, like this dude is just loaded. as like 200 followers. The other day I met, um, I'm not going to mention his name, but... I, he had like a thousand followers and he just talked about poker. Like that's all he did. And we got on a call. turns out guy runs a nine figure Amazon brand. It's huge. 
and dudes talking about poker with a thousand followers and these people are not uncommon you can find a lot of them on twitter so if you had a brand and by the way it doesn't have to be a huge brand but one or two insights one or two things that have worked for you as long as you share that and people like it's valuable because it taught you a lesson like that's all you need you get into the radio at this guys and remember the high level dudes the whales they're attracted by humility and effort so if you start sharing your journey they'll see that and they'll respect you and before you know it you'll be in this in-person meetings and these people will introduce each other to you and these dudes will pitch you on the dms and you can ignore them if you'd like but just still you could build a huge network just on twitter sharing what you've got with your brand so as a business tool like in the past i'd have to go if i want to do networking i got to go to conferences and i got to go you know, to events and it's a huge time suck uh and it, when you include travel uh it, it gets expensive and what i'm hearing here is like hey with twitter you bring that party to your phone in an iOS app, um, and with it, if I get out there and I'm I'm open, honest, and authentic, and like not a total blongus, um, then I am going to attract potentially people I want to be more like, people who can help me if we get over this idea of competition. We start seeking out people who are uh, who want to be collaborative. We want collaboration over competition. Um, we want so that positivity over negativity, you know, more like, Hey, here's what worked for me. Maybe this is helpful for you versus like, you know, you're not a real business owner unless you do X kind of stuff. But, um, the cool thing about people listening with is that uh, you guys already kind of did the fourth part already, which is building a business. So, like you guys already did it. Right. So on Twitter, it's going to be like an extension of you, like you sharing what you've done. And before you know it, you have a great network, your brand grows which is amazing, right? That's great. And you should absolutely run that business. Whereas you also want your name to carry some weight, right? You also want you to be a brand. So you build the brand and you build the personal brand. And those two are just, are just great because they end up connecting you. It's just, if, if you want to think of yourself as like the business owner, running the business, and that's kind of your presentation card, but things that happen off the Shopify dashboard, are also going to be very beneficial to you because you're going to be introduced to somebody else who might know a certain distributor. Somebody else will have might have that piece of like knowledge you didn't have. And that's what Twitter is for. It's um it's not just for drama. It's like it's a networking tool. Like I built my company with two dudes. I haven't even met in real life. We sold it for over a million dollars just on Twitter organic. Like there's people like this out there and they're waiting for somebody who's actually competent at what they do, which is like, <laughs> I feel like I'm promoting more Twitter than myself here, but guys, just go on fucking Twitter, meet some people. You'll see what happens. It's just going to be great for your business. It is fun. Cause like I run a, I have a, a Facebook group. I work with these merchants. Um, and I'd say a majority of them are not on Twitter or if they are, they're like lurkers on Twitter. They follow you know, like 250 people and you get some real like interesting heavy hitters who from the outside looking in, appear to share like genuine strategy, what's working for them. And then you see the collaboration start happening. Like for me, I have, I've gotten a lot of really good guests on the show because we started a relationship in Twitter and then in the DMs, you're like, hey, yeah, I heard you talk about this thing. It's really interesting. Would you come on my show and explain it to me? Oh, and then so they're like, yeah, sure. No problem. Um, and so that's, it, I have seen the value there. Um, 
I've not necessarily tried to get clients out of Twitter just because I I want it as a networking tool. And then like as soon as you're pitching people in the DMs, like a little little makes my skin crawl. I don't like it. You mean pitching or being pitched? Both. Both. <laughs> Bro, you gotta get on the DM game then. That's big for you. I should be reaching out, and be like, hey, I can help you out here, buddy. The the thing about Twitter DMs, and I believe this like wholeheartedly in the beginning you said retweets are like a currency right and i'd say retweets are kind of the perceived currency of twitter retweets are great but the more advanced i get on twitter the more i realize like retweets are actually not as valuable as dms because the dms mm. is like where the actual business like you can do a lot with it like i'll give you an example you me and the guy with zero followers we go on the dms we're at the same level it's equal playing ground because you, me, and whoever, and Elon Musk and Oprah will fall in the same inbox. It's just the inbox requests. It's always in the same place. So right there, you get equal opportunity. And then it's not so much of a game of how big your following is, which does play a factor in cloud and status, but also just how good you are and how, how well can you, can you talk to people, right? If you're an e-com, like if you're a big e-com store owner, you can get two types of DMs. There's people pitching you. And there's people actually wouldn't connect. And you're chill, you're high status, you know how to DM anybody. You just get a connection. Other people in your space wouldn't have gone. Like you said it yourself. There's a lot of people, heavy hitters on the Facebook group. They're not on Twitter or the lurkers. People might be more advanced than you. They make they might make more money than you, but they don't have the network you have because you build a personal brand that they didn't. And that's an unfair advantage. A lot of e-com people are just not utilizing and if they did you may not make more money than them today but you would still have more, more potential to make money because there is no reality in which you post more and you share more and you like send more of you and it doesn't end up in you somehow making less money that just won't happen but if you share what you did you have that network you're gonna win in the long term because they don't have that it's, it's kind of interesting because for years, there there's a few truisms I use on this show. People buy from people, not brands. And your thing is like, hey, Twitter is the platform to build that personal brand. And then two, um, all I've ever done for my marketing is work in public, is build in public. Like share like, this is what's working. This is what is it. This is what we did. This is what I learned. Um, and have it like, it's essentially a journal. That's interesting because notice how you didn't say, this is what works. This is, this is what's working for me. And I feel like that benefited your brand and in a very positive way. Do you feel that way? Absolutely. Now, how does, okay. If this is the case for Twitter, how is this, how are the other social networks different? Like, I don't get why, and I agree, Twitter is this like odd man out where when we talk, it's like, well, you know, you got to be on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, maybe YouTube. YouTube people like understand that editing video is hard. <laughs> so there's that like barrier to entry. But yeah. then like Twitter, like, which is the easiest thing in the world to do, you know, write 200 characters. That one somehow never gets included in the mix. Why are people sleeping on Twitter? I don't get it. Right, right. I can attest to why is it better than other platforms or what's a different strategy to other platforms because just being real. My game on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, it fucking sucks for now. But well, we're getting better at it. We're getting better at it <laughs> and we'll get to it. But I can tell you why Twitter is good and I prefer Twitter. 
So I feel like it's two things. One is speed of failure. If you wanted to record a YouTube video, it will take you a few days at least, right? To make a really good YouTube video at the quality that it needs to be. So there, if it failed, your speed of failure is three days. Instagram, if you wanted to make a post, you can only post like two to three times a day before it like gets fuzzy with the algorithm or so I've heard. An Instagram post might take you maybe like five minutes, 10 minutes, and you get three shots a day, right? Let's talk Twitter. On Twitter, your speed of failure is 60 seconds. And the shots on goal you have are unlimited. Like Twitter doesn't penalize you for posting a lot. You can just go, go, and go. And I think the DM limit, it's like a thousand a day. So it's not like you're going to hit a thousand DMs today, right? It's just you're not going to get there. So the speed of failure is faster, which means the speed of feedback is faster, which means that you can know what works faster. So if you see Alex Formosi talks about this, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he says, I will post a lot on Twitter. It's a platform where I'm most active, but I will filter the ones, the tweets that perform the best. And that's my audience speaking to me. That's my audience telling me, hey, this is what works. And then when you go to other platforms where the speed of failure is slower, like Instagram takes three days, you can be confident that it will do well because it already did. Right. Some people tell me, dude, your Instagram content just slaps. I'm like, that's intentional because I'm only getting the best Twitter content and repurposing it. And then on YouTube, dude, your YouTube content slaps. That's intentional because I'm only getting the things that did the best on Twitter and the best on Instagram and then. Right. So for me, you see, it's, it's like the speed of iteration. It allows you to fuck up fast. But the faster you fuck up, the faster you learn. The faster you learn, the more you know what will work. So for me, that's uh, aspect number one, speed of failure. And the second aspect is the networking effects, just of what we were talking about for the first beginning of the podcast. There's so many heavy hitters and they're all like, like lurking, right? And it, it's so good for connecting. I don't think people realize this because let's say you like my Instagram posts. It ends there. Nobody knows. Whereas if you like my Twitter posts, you will, your, your followers will see it. Hey, uh, you, you like JK's posts. And then it's like, oh, who's JK, right? So right there, the Instagram, like kind of network effect ended with a post where it came to Twitter, it started with a post and then it got distributed to your network and that keeps going. So that's why I like Twitter a lot because of the speed of failure and just the network effects are to me incredibly valuable. I'm so tired of losing revenue. Ah! Being tired of losing revenue to abandoned carts and lapsed audiences. Of course you are. Did you know that anonymous shoppers who visit your store on their phones can't receive abandoned cart emails from Shopify? (gasps) Pop quiz. What do Warby Parker, Dr. Squatch, and Blendjet have in common? They all turn to retention.com to maximize their growth and reclaim lost revenue. It's money falling from the sky. With retention.com's reclaim solution, you can leverage industry-leading identity resolution technology to increase your SMS and email flow revenue by up to 10 times. We am 10xing our list, okay? Like 10x. Like I'm not even joking. Onboarding is quick and easy and implementation takes just hours, not months. 
Plus, Retention.com's flexible pricing is based purely on incremental performance, so you only pay for what you get. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to grow your Shopify store and reclaim lost revenue. Visit Retention.com to learn more and schedule your demo today. I've always liked Twitter, but now I'm like, feeling like I need to take a second look at it and like really like it. I love the idea of Twitter using Twitter is like, all right, this is where we're, this is our playground to like quickly test small snack size content, see what performs well, you didn't really like play without penalty. Um, and then what perform the stuff that really performs well, then the other social networks that really depend on a more polished look, right. um, or the quality of content, like Twitter loves a good shit post <laughs> is the thing. Um, it tolerates it versus like the other platforms and sorry, the best performers end up on the other platforms. Gotcha. All right, uh, go ahead. I would just kind of look at it like this. Like, let's say you have a target, right? So you want to do the, with the target with like three different weapons. You could try to hit the target with a tank, right? With like, or like, let's do a bazooka, right? A bazooka takes a long time to reload. That's YouTube. Let's say you had another target, right? Which is Instagram. And you were using like a weapon that you need to like reload and you only get three shots a day. That's Instagram. Whereas Twitter, it's like you had a semi-auto, like an automatic gun with like unlimited ammo, and you just have one target to do to hit it, to just shoot, right? Which is why you see uh, people on Twitter they're like, just keep and they keep and they keep and they keep going because you have no penalty, you have one target to hit, and you got unlimited shots, so shoot. You know, you see results where in gains where you spend your time and your resources, and so with Twitter, if I'm just on there. And, like, when you see the people of, like, 100,000 followers, they are posting, like, continuously. And in doing so, they're learning what works, and they're also just, like, the sheer content. They're engaging more. I gotcha. Is there advantage to, you know, making sure to engage with others? Like, can I just be screaming into the void by myself, or do I need to, like, be replying to people and engaging? Yeah, I'd say if you're below 2,000 followers, I believe you should comment more than you tweet. And if you're above that, you should tweet more than you comment. The reason why it's because nobody sees you. Nobody knows who you are, right? And um, the network effects can't kick in without a one. Like Twitter's good at multiplication, not addition. So like if you're starting from zero, like you can't multiply by zero, right? Whereas if you have one, then you can multiply. And I feel like that one hits at the 2K follower mark. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, so, that's a really good rule of thumb to have. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I came up with it on the go, so I'm happy it came out well. <laughs> But it, it was around 2K in my experience, right? But um, what should you do then? I recommend doing what uh, Russell Brunson said, so I'm stealing here. But it's uh, creating your dream 100. It's essentially saying the people I want to reach. So if you're an e-com store owner, it are probably other owners. If you're somebody who's selling um, like a service, it'll like coaching people on e-commerce, it'll be probably somebody in the make money online niche. Like it's different, right? So what I would do then is I would go to those people and then figure out, okay, who are a hundred people who they might be following and I'll add them to a list, make sure it's private. And then just set up a calendar time, 30 minutes every day and just engage with them. And what I would engage with, I have kind of this rule of thumb as well. It's you either respond with something that makes them laugh, makes them smarter, makes them money, or you ask an intelligent question. Because what your competition is doing is you might, I might be posting something that says likes in cash. And then my, uh, 
your competition would be just commenting very smart comments like likes are not cash or that's right jk fire emoji right it's like that adds nothing <laughs> to the to the comment right like nobody's the gonna one see that me nuts is you get like the person replies and they go interesting and then what i said like that happened so often i finally replied to one i said how so and of course they never replied because they really like they had not thought through it in the slightest it was just like a throwaway comment yeah it's you'd be amazed at how bad people are at communicating their ideas online like for example it's like, dude, you know the question drives me nuts? Actually, on my coaching program, we put it on the contract that you cannot ask the question, thoughts? Because thoughts isn't <laughs> a question. It's not a question. It's just a lazy attempt to a question. So you cannot ask that. And a lot of people do that. Or they say, fire emoji. And they're like, can I get some feedback on my strategy? So when you engage, that is my rule of thumb. You either make them laugh, make them smarter, make them money or you ask them an intelligent question and you'll be surprised at how like easy it is to stand out when you don't act like you're socially awkward like imagine you're near at the table right we're we're having dinner and you say something like um uh, yeah my truism is that what was your truism again can you say it again people buy for people not brands all right people buy from people not brands like on the dinner table, somebody would add something like, oh, dude, for real, like the other day I heard this story about, that's interesting, that's cool, right? But imagine if somebody at the dinner table, you're like, people buy from people and not brands, and somebody's like, I think people buy from persons too. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, and, but that's the comments. That's what people say. It makes no sense. So um, if you just act like a normal human for like 30 minutes a day and comment on your dream 100, you'll be fine. Get to 2K and then you can start sending threads and tweets and things about it. So I would say 80-20 on comments and tweets before 2K followers, 20-80 after. All right, let's go over a few basics here. How about media types? Am I doing straight text? Am I doing images? Do, does video work? Are like any advantages or does it not matter? Threads are always, have always been historically like well, well achieved. It's like the it's like the broccoli, chicken, and rice of Twitter, right? It's like it will always be. So threads are always good. When you distill a complex topic, you simplify it in threads, that'll always do well. Problem is people won't pay attention until you reach a certain amount of followers just because nobody's ever see it. So if you want to go over like actual uh, things to do, I recommend two to three threads a week, five, three to five tweets a day, um, build an email list as soon as you can, like just start setting up stuff and it doesn't have to be a complex email. It can just be like your threads for purpose or what happened during the week it could be it. And, uh, if you stick in 30 minutes a day of commenting, I feel like those are the, like the most important things you can do. Okay. Uh, and then final question I want to know. What tools am I using? Like, should I just be on normal, regular Twitter client and just, just use it as is? Or are there, like, tools I, I need to be using along with it? Yeah, so this is this is where I'm like, of course I'm tempted to show my own tool because I created it. But I, I legit think it's really good because of the fact that it lets you copy and you copy ethically. So 300 allows you to schedule things, but the, I feel like the main th potential I saw was not the AI it was not the fact that it writes sometimes stuff for you because, you know, that can get a little fuzzy. 
But the highest value add I saw is that it allows you to copy others ethically. So if you type in e-commerce, it'll show you tweets on the e-commerce niche that have already performed well. So the hook is there. The framework is there. So it's kind of just fill in the blanks with your own experiences. So I'll give you an example. Maybe there's a thread on, I don't know, Tubby, Tubby Luca, right? The Shopify dude. Uh, he says about, here are the 10 trends for next year in Shopify. Take advantage of this thread example. You could take that thread and use it for inspiration and say, here are the 10 things we did last year with my store that allowed us to two extra sales in 12 months. Thread. Same kind of carcass, right? But you change the soul of it. So that's what I like the most of it. I feel like Tweet Hunter is the best one. And honestly, the most important one, like just real talk, it's your calendar. It's you saving time to actually do it. I have my truism. Everything works. The only thing that doesn't work is when you don't. So if you do yeah, the thing, you'll be fine. So uh, how often am I how often am I supposed to be tweeting? Three times a day is good. Two, three times a day. Okay. As long as you can, as much as you can I'm stick slacking. to it. Yeah, you need to stick to it. That's the thing. And yeah, you're slacking. Yeah. Consistency is always critical. You're right. But I'm like, oh, I, average of three times a day, man, I could do more. You, I mean, you can do more or you should do more. I should do more. Oh, right. <clears throat> well, how many are you doing now? You know, I, I promise to show up once a day. Yeah. I, I feel like the, the reason why people might think Twitter posting is hard, it's because in other platforms, and I think this is going to be interesting, in other platforms, the more you polish it, the better. On Twitter, the less you polish it, the better. So other platforms kind of punish you for just tweeting stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness, what you're, what's currently in your brain, because you need to make it pretty. On Twitter, you get rewarded by tweeting those streams of consciousness. So for example, right here, you could have come up with a bunch of tweets. Like your truism, people buy from people, not brands. In my experience, that's been true because my store did X, Y, and Z, right? Another one. I remember my first business was selling eBay stickers. My second business was this. My third business was this. And now I run a podcast. Lesson, success isn't linear. Something like that, right? Or you could say, hey, I recorded another podcast and I realized that when I do longer intros, people stay and listen to it more. I'm going to try that. We'll keep you updated as how it goes. See, like there's a lot of things you can do. It's things you're currently thinking about that should be on Twitter. The less polished you are, the better. It's like the sweatpants of social media. <laughs> the, I'm, I'm writing that down right now so I can include it in the show notes. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I feel like I feel like this was a good episode, man. This, it's been fun. I had a lot of fun. Uh, okay, so final question. Where can we find you on Twitter? Right. So you can find me at one. That's O-N-E, J.K. Molina. If you'd like to grow your audience, I'm not your guy. But if you'd like to monetize your audience, welcome. Fabulous. I love that tagline. It's great. It's memorable. Uh, all right. Uh, J.K. Molina, thank you so much. It's been inspiring. I got to go uh, write some tweets. Yeah, bro. Whatever you need, let me know. Same goes for you guys listening. Oh, God. You got the whole thing. The unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. 
Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. Do you want to offer at-home pickup or boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases? How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like Studs, Princess Polly, Epoxy, to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.